Do you ever wish that you could surf? No. Sweet. Great chat, bro. <laughs> Start this thing. Episode, oh, it's episode 10, not episode 9. Oh my days, it's episode 10 of the Pushing Buttons podcast. Dece, meaning 10, but also decent. Very good. As in, we've gotten to 10, that's decent. And it's also French for 10, Dece. Love, lovely yep. stuff. We're already, the back and forth is just as good as it usually is. We're firing on all cylinders here, ladies and gentlemen. 10 episodes in, it's never going to stop. <laughs> Bing bang boom. Oh, <laughs> on fire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of Pushing Buttons. What a journey it's been so far. And let's hope it continues if we've got enough petrol. Hello. Let's do today's show, shall we? Um, on today's show, we've got the news and there's quite a bit of news, isn't there? There's a lot of news. We're not going to go too in depth if we can for yeah. time. Uh, we'll race. We'll race through it. A lot of it you can look up yourself, but we'll just point you in the right yeah, direction. It's going to be a sprint. It's not going to be a dawdle. Um, we're going to talk about what we've been playing as per usual, and we will also be dealing with this week's topic, which is video game adaptations to the world of TV and film, or movie, if you're from Ooh-wee. the United States, uh, of which there have been many. Some for better and some for worse, but we'll be going through that. Should be a good laugh. I'm interested to find out which ones are for better. Wow, I can think of one. Yeah, there's not. There's there's <laughs> two. I can think of two. Okay, there's not been many. Um, but first up, as always, that age-old question mark: What have we been playing? <laughs> um, I, I, I've been playing. Um, what have I been playing? I, I've not. I've not like played an awful lot. Uh, more Fall Guys, yeah, it's uh, a big one. Which is just, it's just good fun. It's now canon, according to Fall Guys Twitter, that they are um, six foot beans. Whoa, that's unexpected. Yeah, um, they put out a tweet saying Fall Guys are two meters or something. That's the tweet. That's it. And everyone's just like, are you kidding? How are these beans six foot? That's disgusting. How dare you? Yeah, that kind of makes them quite terrifying. In my head, they were tiny and cute. Yeah, now now they're... It's particularly terrifying. A lot of people just... Uh, I think it's the funniest. There's lots of costumes and colours and patterns, right? Yeah. But the one I find funniest is when people just make themselves like pink flesh coloured and just run around like that. <laughs> it's really gross, little but new, really funny. Little nudie beans. Uh, yeah, so that's a lot of fun. I also have been playing uh, PC Building Simulator. Um, wow. Which, again, it's not much of a game, but like it, it scratches an itch for me. There are some inaccur- inaccuracies in it, but it's all right. It's just, I play it because it's chilled. It's like House Flipper. If you, do you know what House Flipper is? I've heard of it, but I don't know. House Flipper is where you clean houses and like move furniture around and do tiling and painting. Oh, and my word. Build interior walls and stuff. And it sounds really awful, but like. It's just games like that that are really like therapeutic and are just what you need sometimes. Yeah. So I've been playing, uh, I've got a house ripper, but I've been playing uh, PC Building Simulator. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, I haven't really picked it up again at the moment. Uh, 
I'm struggling to find love for it at the moment. So I've just put it on the back burner. I'll come to it fresh another time. Is, is that because of, of, of issues and bugs or is it just the game itself not, not massively grabbing you? Uh, the game's just not massively grabbing me. It it's really um, it really suffers from open world itis, where it's just like great, the map's big and everything, but I'm bored of just traveling from A to B to go pick up a metal flower or like search for something that it wants me to look for. Just stuff like that, like just isn't fun or interesting. I think really when I get back into it, I just need to assault the story. Yeah because um, it's probably the strongest part. And I know it will unlock larger robotic monsters to fight, which will make it more interesting um, and open up more areas with it as well. So I'm just, I have just massively stalled on it okay. at the moment. Um, so I'll come back to that another Ho- time. What about I was, you? I was just going to say on that, hopefully uh, when Cyberpunk does eventually come out, it won't suffer from similar kind of staples of the open world game where, you know, those those kind of travel from A to B, then back to A just to collect a little naff thing. Um, but we will see because that's yeah. the big one on the horizon. Um on the horizon. <laughs> uh, I've been playing. I, Me and my lovely girlfriend, Lorna, finished a game called Man of Medan, which is part of the Dark Pictures anthology. Uh, who, mm. who uh, It's made by Supermassive Games, who made the game Until Dawn, which was kind of like a horror choice-based choose-your-own-adventure kind of game. Um, which was quite big on the PlayStation 4. And uh, we thoroughly <clears throat> enjoyed it. It was like, there was a few, it's not the easiest to kind of control and it's, it's a, it doesn't run that well a lot of the time, but we really, really enjoyed it. Mm. There were a few frustrating things, like you play through the whole game, making like loads and loads of decisions and like make characters relate in certain ways and you feel like you've built up a character to be a really good person and then you just make one decision that was like, you could have gone either way towards the end and a character just dies and it's like, like, I don't know, and you feel like you haven't made a single wrong decision with this character for the whole game, and all of that is sort of meaningless. And then they, I just suddenly killed, got them killed. But anyway, apart from that, it was a really good game. We enjoyed that. It was funny. What else have I? I've been digging away a little bit more into Plague Tale. Oh, the big one that I've been doing actually is I picked up Destiny Two again, and I've been playing that. Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't bought any of the DLC. But I've just been mm-hmm. I've just been trying to dip in and see if I can get my characters level up a little bit and I've just been enjoying dipping into it again. And I mean I'm hugely overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that is out there in terms of things that I d I don't know if I can do because I don't have DLC or if I can't do whatever. But it is just yeah, tell you. it is just a really fun game and I love the just the core gameplay in that. I've been playing a lot of Crucible and there's a new thing on it called gambit which is basically like killing enemies and then you fight a big boss and you have to collect bank these moats or but it's a good game i like destiny 2 a lot and i'm looking forward bank your moats to send a fall to the enemy team that's the one oh you've done it you've done it um, oh mate i played loads of it it is really I played, good i played it when it came out yeah yeah gambit gambit is incredibly frustrating but quite fun yeah it's just the weakest yeah. link but with shooting basically isn't it uh bank 
Uh, uh, yes, I got okay. I wasn't with you. I'm with you. <laughs> You're out here, can... Well, it's the whole thing of like, shall I bank now for safety, or shall I wait mm. the bank, not bank, and risk losing all my moats? It's a lot like uh, weakest link, but no, I've been enjoying Destiny Two a lot, um, and I've been I'm looking forward to eventually later this year when it will become cross play with PC because I Yay. because I wanna I wanna we'll play uh, yeah I wanna play that with some pals that'll be really good so that's what I've been playing you send a large blocker to the enemy team yeah. Oh, I, I like that guy. He's a cool character. The last thing I've been playing just this morning, I started Alan Wake for the first time. Uh, which oh, is I played that. Obviously played that. an old Xbox 360 game. And I just thought, I've never played it. I've missed out on playing it. I like the vibe. So let's give it a go. So I started playing that it's, and I've been enjoying it. It's okay. That's the, the Mark Lee Dale review. It is okay. Yeah, like it's, it's not like mind-blowing. It's not great. There's a lot of stupid writing in it. But like it's it's... It's like pretty fun. I wouldn't say it's scary, but it, it's it's a romp. Yes, it's a B movie romp of a game. And I, you know me, mate. I do love a good romp. That's all I've been playing. That's all we've trying, been playing. <laughs> trying to think, who was that? You know me. I love a good romp. Oh, that was just me doing a slight variation of my voice. But I, you know. Oh, okay. You know me. I to... love a good romp. It's just Noel Fielding. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, yeah. That's. Ooh. Oh, I think we, uh, I didn't have anything to say then, but you've downloaded uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, so you might be giving that a little bit of a go. Uh, I tried to download, well, I've tried about 17 times to get it downloaded. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll report in when I get it on there. It's also massive. It's like 150 gig. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably, if I've solved the issues with it, which I believe I have, um, I'm using uh, Joe's Game Pass he is. I tried to download it off the... I won't go into this, but I tried to download it off the Microsoft Store and then it was coming up with insert CD. I was like, what What year is this? <laughs> what are you talking about? Turns out you need to download a new app on Windows 10, which is the Xbox app. It's not the Xbox console companion, which is a different thing. Once you're in that, you can link up your account. Uh, currently, um, the PC Games Pass is a quid uh, for the f- first month. So if you if you just want to give it a try or all the other games on Game Pass. You can do that on PC now. Anyway, it looks like I'm going to be able to download it, but I haven't got around to it yet. I think cool. I'll do it tonight when I go make dinner. That'd be great. Well, I'll every, report back. Everything I've heard about it, I mean, we might get onto it into the news, but everything I've heard about it is absolutely sensational. And people who aren't even into, you know, flight sims seem to be enjoying it. Anyway, let's do the news. Na, 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 na. News. Dun, dun, dun. This is the news. Let's find out some stuff about games. These are the things that are going on in on the world of video games. So. Go on, you start. First up, big, big, big one that has been out for about a week now, this news. Halo Infinite, Xbox's flagship title, has been delayed to 2021. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know why. But we know it's happening. They have said in their statement... They want to deliver a Halo game experience that meets their vision. So based on everything we saw in the Xbox game showcase, people weren't happy, including us, with the way that it looked. I'm happy that the game is being delayed because I want to play the best version of Halo that that there can possibly be, that everyone will enjoy. I just think it massively is putting the Xbox Series X uh, in a nice little coffin and you're pushing it out to sea and saying, goodbye, Series X, goodbye. (laughs) Thoughts? Yeah, we did have a discussion about whether this was going to hurt 
a Series X release. Uh, obviously, it's going to. It's a flagship um, first-party title that won't be there on launch. So that's a real shame for Xbox. But if you already own a, an Xbox One, you can play it anyway because it's a cross-gen game. Mm-hmm. Uh, same for PC. So it's a difficult one. I think their statement was a little strange because obviously everyone looked at this and just went, well, that looks awful. Gameplay-wise, can't really say anything. It just looks like Halo. So I'm worried that... I don't really know what their vision is. I don't think they know what their vision is. But they've basically said it's because COVID has made things difficult. But, like, I mean, if that was true, they would have surely caught up to the fact and realised what they were doing wasn't good enough and delayed it previously. So I don't really understand why it's taken a load of people going... You know this looks awful, right? That, and they've gone, oh yeah, scratch your head. It does look awful. Blame COVID. I, I think there was probably a, a situation in which they thought, there's an extent that they might. They thought, maybe we'll get away with things. There was also talk, Phil Spence was saying in an interview that he, that there was talk of them releasing the single player and the multiplayer separately, so staggering them so that they could focus on getting one done before the other. And also, I think they, they, they mentioned in their statement that, you know, it's sort of for the health and safety of their employees. Basically, they, they want to avoid that kind of end end of development crunch where they're all going to work yeah. hideous hours. They, they, they want to avoid that, which, which is great, I think, is a, is a sensible thing. But I just think for the, for the best, the benefit of this game, and all the people that are excited for it, just yeah, it's it's. I think it's the right decision. I want to play a good a good Halo game, so I think it's just a big worry for Microsoft and selling their new hardware. Yes, the second piece of news is back to Horizon Zero Dawn here. Guerrilla Games is still working on issues plaguing Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition for PC that have affected so many people at launch. In a tweet, they addressed this, adding, "We'll update you as soon as we can share more information. Thanks again for your continued patience and understanding." I should add that's over a week old. Yeah. Um, there has been one patch, I believe. I'm not sure what it was. I think it was crash stability issues. Okay. Uh, so uh, as far as I'm aware, I haven't crashed since. Though I've not been playing it this week, I have to say. But I mean, you you were saying that your computer was kind of handling it okay. It was more the slightly lower end PCs that were struggling from what you said before. Well, yeah. I mean, the, opt- the actual optimization isn't good. As long as it isn't crashing for everyone, the next thing they need to do is just proper op- optimization because I should yeah. be running it at, at, at a higher settings for the FPS I'm getting. And yeah. for people with more powerful PCs, it's the same problem. So just hopefully they're just going to keep updating it and making it work for everybody. Which it should which uh, a big game like that should just work next up a lot of you have probably seen this 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 news has kind of broken outside of just the gaming sphere and into kind of business news epic games and apple are having a big old feud a big old war um Epic says that Apple is terminating their developer account and will cut them off from developer tools on August 28th. Uh, Apple says Epic is violating its App Store guidelines by using its own payment system. So there's there's plenty more to read out there uh, about this. And some of you might have seen uh, Epic, well, Fortnite put out a kind of piss take of uh, an old ad- Apple Mac advert from the 80s, and which is, again, a parody of... So it's a parody of a parody because the Apple advert was a parody of the film 1984. Anyway, Fortnite have made one where they are uh, basically saying that Apple are 
big brother and their baddies and you you shouldn't you shouldn't like them and basically and they they're putting the hashtag free Fortnite out there and it's a huge seems to be a huge war don't know how it's going to happen epic are trying to take apple to court they're trying to sue them um apple are kicking them off everything all of their devices then this won't just affect Fortnite. this the whole severing the developer tools for all epic properties is uh will affect other games that epic have other than Fortnite. so it is it's it's a pretty big deal um it's just a strange situation to be in for someone well it's quite a simple situation i suppose for someone who doesn't really care about either side in that it's two huge corporations f- fighting each other when they, when they both got billions and billions of dollars uh, and it all just seems a little bit mad. Ghost of Tsushima will be getting a free co-op multiplayer update later this year. It will be a separate game mode that doesn't follow the main story. Don't have a lot to say about this. It is very nice. I think that's a nice treat for everyone that's got that game and a lot of people seem very excited about it. So that's very nice. Yeah, people are describing Ghost of uh, Tsushima as as an excellent swan song for the PS4 era. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, it's just going to get a whole new game mode that is that is co-op and completely free. It's not even DLC, so that's kind of nice. That is nice. Uh, Good on them. If, if, if you like that game and want to play more of it. Um, we've got a couple more delays here. It seems as though, unsurprisingly, I suppose, from when all of this COVID stuff started happening, a lot of companies have had a lot of problems with their development cycles. Um, first, mm. first of which, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline 2 has been officially delayed till 2021. Um, that should be Bloodlines. Sorry, yeah. Bloodlines. I'm kind of fine with that because uh, that'll be a fairly large game. Uh, I really like the Vampire the Masquerade uh, universe and law um so I, I am looking forward to it however with cyberpunk you know p- potentially coming around a similar time that that would have been coming out it's good that these sort of larger rpgs are spread out and as we always say i'd rather it be a good game rather than a incomplete one yes uh, the other de- uh, the other delay is death loop uh, which is now coming to PS5 in spring of 2021. You have to remind me which one Deathloop so is. So that actually. is one uh, that is made by Arcane Studios, who um, make uh, Dishonored one and two, and it's that one that's very stylized, very kind of James Bondy retro, and it's all about being in a loop if you have to assassinate people, and every every time you die, the loop restarts. I think it was a t- it's a timed exclusive to PlayStation, and was going to be one of their. I, don't quote me on this. I think it was a launch title, but it's definitely early early in the console's release, so they're losing quite a yeah. big early exclusive there, PlayStation. So I'm sure a lot of the fanboys for Sony and Xbox are having some nice Twitter wars at the right moment being like, now, now you've got delays. Oh, what I've got delays. Oh, <sighs> all of that stuff. Two new Batman Universe games are set to be showcased at the DC Fandom event on Saturday, the 22nd of August, which is today, uh, the day that the podcast comes out. So um, I don't know if you've played many of the Arkham games, Mark, but I recently completed Arkham Knight and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, so WB, Warner Brothers Montreal and Rocksteady, who have both made uh, games in the Arkham series. I think WB Montreal only made one. I think they did Arkham Origins, potentially. Anyway, uh, they've both made games in the Arkham series and they are the two developers making these games. I believe Rocksteady's game is a Suicide Squad game. Yes, And the WB Montreal game is 
yet to be titled or announced. They're just putting lots of teasers out there. So that's quite exciting. I was a big fan of some of the Arkham games. Uh, I can tell you what it is because it's a later piece of news. I think it's confirmed to be Gotham Knights. Ah. So that'll be on... Uh, that, that. If you want the details of that reveal, it'll be at 6.30 on the 22nd of oh, August. Fantastic. So yeah, if you're into those games. I, I, admittedly, I only played the first one. Okay. And then I remember seeing footage of the next ones and thought, oh, more of the same. Yeah. I already played that it, one. I'm good, it is very, It is very... I mean, Arkham Knight was very... A bit, a bit bigger in that you had all of Gotham to explore. Um, but in right. terms of gameplay, yeah, very, very similar. I really didn't personally need more of looking through detective lenses, uh, setting bat traps uh, and that combat system over and over again. Like I enjoyed the sort of moody Batmaniness of it, but I was like, it's just going to be the same. I don't need more space to do the same thing. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think just some people like being in a Batman world, being existing in that world and in the lore and the characters. But I, I agree that, I mean, I personally found the combat incredibly repetitive. Uh, next up, uh, Zelda Skyward Sword has allegedly been spotted as a listing on Amazon UK. I went and looked for it myself, couldn't find it, so I don't know how... How they found I wonder it, if it's been taken down, maybe. Yes, probably. This is just another another of Nintendo's oldies that they're bringing forward. I mean, Skyward Sword, Wii? Nintendo Wii, I'm uh, saying? Yeah, late Nintendo Wii, and that's the only release it's had so far. So, well done, Nintendo. Uh, Pikmin 3 and uh, an old Zelda. <laughs> Superb work. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they will potentially bring the Wii U HD remasters of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker to the Switch because I would rather play them than Skyward Sword, in all honesty. Yeah, so would I. But, yeah. hey... It- what if they'll make any new games? Um, Probably not. And speaking of Nintendo, we've just uh, consumed the Nindy Showcase from Nintendo, a nice little 20-minute kind of bite-sized morsel of uh, indie games that are coming to the Switch. As always... How did that taste? Hmm. Oh, it's a tad disappointing. <laughs> um, as always, a lot of the games uh, were revealed to be out today, or at least demos are out today. Um, mm. Which must cause That's always exciting. It is always exciting, but it must be havoc for game reviewers who are like, "Oh, I would, I've got to download it now." Because um, normally, no, they, they get, get it early, mate. They get everything well, early. Well, I don't know, but yeah. So that was that was shown just this day, and uh, there were lots of games shown off. Nothing that really uh, got the juices flowing massively. I like the look of Hades. I've kind of been following that game for a little while. That looks like a lot of fun. Uh, there yeah. was. Spirit Fairer, is that is that right? Um, that's right. And that's sort of an anime, very colourful uh, looking art style. I don't really know what it's about, but I think it's you, a, did you looks say like you a tried chill it? game. No, it's come to it. That is out today, and it's on Xbox Game Pass. So I've del- I've downloaded ah, it, and I'm going to give it a, give it a go. It just looked really sweet and nice and colourful and a nice art style. Um, there's two player. Goose Game is coming. That's an update that's coming to to Switch, which is going to be Havoc. Um, yeah. Yeah, there were, there were lots of little games shown off. It's, it's hard sometimes with indie games because really you never know how good it is until you get your hands on it because often they look like they're a bit naff. Um, but then when you start playing it and really get into it, it can be great. Because I remember when I saw Hollow Knight for the first time, I was like, this looks kind of weirdly cheap and not that great. But then when I started playing, I was like, this is one of the best games ever. So... Yeah, I can't really pass a lot of comment on if they look any good, but 
go and check out the games yeah. if if you want. Go and you can go watch the new showcase on YouTube. Also, that's a terrible name. That sounds like something a ten-year-old girl calls her underwear. Oh no, I've wet my nindies. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, hey, I think it's pretty cute, man. But you've ruined it now. I, I definitely am not going to say that now. <laughs> mummy, mummy, I need to change your nindies. Moving on now, uh, Rogue Legacy Two and Microsoft Flight Simulator. X were released on the 18th, which is today. Uh, that'll be coming to, sorry, as in Flight Simulator, will be coming to Xbox Series X at a later date. Uh, a Sobo studio has been using Microsoft Bing. You remember Bing? I remember Bing. It was, it was big for about a day, and then everyone said, no, wait, Google's better. Yeah. <laughs> well, they teamed up with Bing to use around two petabytes, get your head around that, of geographical data, including satellite imagery and 3D photogrammetry. I don't know what that word is. Photogrammetry? Yeah, I go with that. Photog- ph- yeah, uh, data to create the entire world in extraordinary detail. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to install that giant 150 gigabyte game, Yowza. have a little fly, and then probably uninstall it. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fun for for some people that like that kind of thing. I'm not much of a sim man myself, but I don't know, something about just saying, oh, I want to fly over my mum and dad's house and have a look at, you know, that kind of thing <laughs> does sound appealing. Um, I also noticed at the top of that there, you mentioned Rogue Legacy 2, mm. Mark. That is out today, is it? Yeah, you can, on the 18th, it came out. So you can finally play that. I thought I'd slip that in there with the MFSX, is not what I was calling it. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, are you going to be downloading Rogue Legacy 2 then? Oh yeah, you betcha. I'll give it a go. Yeah, I need to. I need to give the first one a crack. Still, um, next up, CD Projekt Red, makers of uh, Cyberpunk and Witcher Three, etc., say they are still not one hundred percent happy with melee combat and are still working on it. Times are ticking, Mark. It's getting late. Could the game be delayed because of the melee combat? That would be a weird re- reason to delay it, but it could happen. Are you suggesting another delay? I, I am suggesting it. I think it's likely there's a lot of bl- delays going on. Blimey. Um, it's gonna be, we're going to be in a different century by the time this game comes out. You know, it is a coincidence because I mentioned Melee Combat uh, you in, did. in a previous You said episode. you thought it looked a little bit janky and not, not great yeah. compared to the gunplay. Yeah, so it's, it's quite, you know, kind of encouraging to see... Uh, I've got an eye for these things, I suppose. You've got an eye um, and another eye, which makes two. That makes two. two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see some like fist weapons as well as just punching. We didn't see knives and uh, baseball bats, but I'm assuming that's going to be part of it. Oh, they'll have knives. Yeah, surely. Uh, we saw a thermal katana in the uh, the Nightwire episode too. But hey, let's 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 see how it comes out because yeah, I did think it looked a bit ropey. Yeah. Uh, popping back to Fall Guys now, just to uh, report that it's had two million. Two million downloads on Steam within the first week, which is colossal. That is huge. Yeah, they're doing all right. Uh, And also the game already has costume tie-ins with Valve titles with Gordon Freeman and The Scout uh, already being present. Is that The Scout from Team Fortress 2? It is. Oh, that's well fun. But but they have also reported that there will be more tie-ins and stuff to follow. Uh, so that's 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 good news because yeah. it's a, a bit of fun, yeah. isn't it? Also, something that you asked was whether it was coming to other platforms. That's right, I did ask that. Yes, you, you did because at the moment you can't get hold of the game. And at Fall Guys Game, which is their Twitter handle, they said getting lots of questions about platforms. We've answered in a few places, but once more for everyone, 
We're focusing on PC and PS4 right now. We'd love to release on more platforms in the future. I personally love Skyrim memes. I hope we release on smart fridges too. <laughs> So, so, so there you we go. all love Skyrim memes at Four Guys. We 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 love them. Yeah, I hope it comes to Xbox. I hope it comes to Switch. I think it'll be a great game to play on uh, on on the Switch. But yeah, it, it, I'm very jealous that you're playing that game a lot because people seem to be loving it and it seems to be hilarious. So good on you, Four Guys, and good on Devolver Digital for for making such a fun game. Shall we move on to today's topic? Big topic: video game and TV film. Nope, that's that's not what it is. Video game, TV and film adaptations. Yes, to clarify, when people take video game properties and say, hey, that would be good on the screen or the big screen. So TV series and films that could be cartoon, animated or live action. We're going to talk about that as a concept and whether it's a good idea or not. Um, so mm. in general... I think it would be for say that on the whole, it hasn't been a huge success. That as yeah. an idea, um, there has been some god awful examples, uh, particularly the works of a certain director, Uwe Boll, who's done just endless awful, uh, like really cheap budget stuff um, over the years, uh, stuff like Blood Rain and Alone in the Dark, all these kind of games that were just uh, films that are just, just awful. But there have actually been some like blockbuster, big budget films of video games uh, that, that had every chance of being successful, but have also been utter plops. Um it's just it's just it just seems yeah. to be something that's quite difficult to get right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's something it, it just doesn't translate well. I suppose in video games you're obviously there's a lot of transitional stuff where you're moving from point A to point Indeed. B and not necessarily a lot is happening narratively, especially if you're just attacking mm. stuff. Obviously that might translate into an action scene, but if it's not really moving you know, story and plot along. They, they seem to always just fall into this hole of there's a baseline story or idea there, but how do we actually uh, translate that without, you know, gameplay and a pad yeah. in your hand? And it always just comes out with really like pan-faced dialogue. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I mean, I am referring to more of the Uwe Boll oeuvre. Yeah. That's how they come across. Just really like, ah, dialogue is happening. Let's punch each other and just like yeah. no and just like cool music. It, it's almost like their, silly their only sort of crutch is the appeal of people who like the games and they think they can get away with just references to the games and like, oh look, it's a thing that they do in the game. And we don't actually need to have a good yeah. plot acting or special effects. We can just just reference the game. And I've got to be honest, sometimes that works. I do love every now and then a little cheeky nod to the camera, like this is the thing from the game, but it needs to be padded with actually mm. a good film. So, you know, and there's there's been other examples. There's The Prince of Persia with Jake Gyllenhaal back in 2010. Uh, there's been more recent ones like the R Warcraft movie that got absolutely panned. There was the Dude. Doom film. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews though. Some people seem to like it. What about the Warcraft run? Yeah, some people seemed sort of that it was like okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've not seen it. I haven't either. I mean, it looks like the kind of film that would give me a headache. Yes. But not because of plot, but because of It was of very vivid colours. 
Yeah, there's something, three films that have definitely given me a headache, or two rather, and it was uh, Maleficent and Avatar. I thought you were going to say... Something about I thought you were going to say Speed Racer. Have you ever seen that? That's got incredibly vivid colours. Is Speed Racer the guy with the white helmet? Yes, I think so. Oh, right. Have you seen the original cartoon? It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's based, yeah, it's based on, the film is based on that. He's going over that cliff! <laughs> <laughs> Just stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it is the guy with the white helmet and the white car. Yeah, uh, there's been, there's, there's endless examples of it not working. Um, however, mm. in recent years, probably the last year or two, there have been a few examples of it actually starting to go a little bit better. So, for example, I think something we can both mm. both agree on and something that we both enjoy. Well, a couple of things we can agree on. First of which is the mm. Witcher TV show that, of course, was made on Netflix with the illustrious and beautiful Henry Cavill, oh, which, yeah. which, although it had its faults, I think was a really, really good attempt at making a TV series based in the Witcher universe. Yeah, I, I mean, I genuinely thought it was superb. Really, I think they hit a really nice tone. Everyone is excellent in it. I don't, I don't really. No one springs to mind in terms of thinking, oh, they fell out of place or anything like that. Di- you know, it's just stuff like dialogue. It didn't feel like just pulled straight out of the video yeah. game and really just like, oh, he says this line and therefore you've got to say that. It just, I thought it just flowed really well and it had a good, had a good tone and a good sense of humour. You know, chucked in there as well. I thought it was just. Deserves all the success it's had, and I look forward to season two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the only thing that I'm my slight gripe with it, having played The Witcher three, is that I yeah the Siri that they they kind of what's the word portrayed in this first series is difficult to see how she is going to end up the as the Siri we see in The Witcher three, the adult Siri, just because she's so pathetic in this first series. Um, but I suppose you know she doesn't she doesn't yeah. really know who she is yet, and she doesn't know the powers she's going to have and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, she she annoyed me a little bit. Yeah, her age is also a bit ambiguous because um, uh, I, I haven't read the, the book uh, or the books, yeah. plural, shamefully. But at least in the video game, she's she's very young when uh, Geralt uh, starts providing uh, tutelage yeah. uh, for her and all that sort of thing and essentially being her parent, carer, whatever. Owner. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, in this, she looks like she could be anywhere between like 13 to 16 or something. Yeah. Um, so she is like... Uh, slightly older but then again they could say that she's 10 and I wouldn't be shocked yeah. so I'm a bit I'd, yeah uh, she's a little bit further on in, in years by the time they finally meet at the end of the series spoiler so yeah. but in terms of the, the general sort of consensus on the series everybody in general seems to like it I think there's a few original book nerds book readers that are going oh, about small details but that's always a, a, an issue uh, one thing Henry Cavill was really keen because he's it was a passion project of his for sure. Mm. He's read the books and also played played the game Zer as well. I think he was very keen to get sort of the try and mix the lore and some of the traits from both the video game and the books. I think that was partially out of love for both mediums mm-hmm. and also an attempt to please everyone. Do you think that was a a good decision to try and do that? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, you're never going to please everyone because, I mean, the internet exists, so there's it's impossible. But I think, yeah, like you said, it it was a huge passion uh, project for him. And he, in loving both mediums, you, you could tell that 
he brought a lot of Geralt from the video games into his character. Obviously, he's done an English yeah. accent as opposed to the American accent, but just his whole very gruff and dour demeanour. Um, I think he really did take a lot of inspiration from that because I suppose it is the only um, acted or voiced depiction of Geralt so far. And it is so... That's the second. Is it second? What, what else has there been? Yeah, there was a there was a because the author of the books is Polish. Um, there was a TV series in in Poland ah. that was pretty. I think it was pretty panned actually, but I don't. I'm not. I, I've seen clips, but I'd have to go back to remind myself of of how his demeanor was. Yeah. But I don't think it was like million millions of miles away from from what we know now. Okay, probably just like less gruff, I guess. Yeah, but also it was in Polish. Oh uh, well, so. yeah. I mean, that's that's difficult to understand um yeah i i uh, i think he 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 nailed it and they did i think they i mean they all set out saying that well, listen we're following the books this is very much we're using the books as emphasis as the as the sort of um i don't know what's the word i'm looking for they're using the books as inspiration for this for the show um so yeah. i think that was probably a way of them warning the gamers that like hey listen you you probably are, are going to find issue because it's not exactly like the witcher 3 and the, the witcher games but i think yeah. that also yeah made me go into it a little bit more um open-minded than i would have done um so i think it does help that there yeah. are the books as well as the video games to to draw on so obviously that that was a, a huge success and Potentially mm. on the back of that success, loads of other uh, shows have been announced uh, on the back of it. So, for example, there's going to be a Last of Us show being made for HBO and Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann, the director of um, The Last of Us Games, is in heavily involved with the development of that show. Amazon are making Good. a Fallout TV show alongside Bethesda. Who knows what that's going to be like? We could, we, I mean, we could discuss what when we, we think. say. When we say show, do we mean series? Yes, because show makes it sound uh, sound like <laughs> Bruce Forsyth is going to be raised <laughs> yeah, up and it, go, "Welcome to the Last of Us <laughs> show." Yeah, it's, the, it's like the generation game. Basically, um, they're going to yeah. there's going to be uh, zombies coming out on a conveyor belt. Um, yeah, no, it, a, a series, Mark. <laughs> I mean, I meant a series. So yeah, yeah okay. so Amazon. So I mean. God knows what the uh, the Fallout TV show will 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 be like. Hopefully, it's better than the recent Fallout games. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that the Last of Us will be interesting but quite boring. Yeah, and the Fallout one will be terrible because the problem the problem with the Fallout thing is that we've we've had loads of films based in what we call post apocalyptic you know yeah you know world fallout itself doesn't necessarily have a story it just has more of an idea and that's what the games are based on yeah the, fall, the fallout games are all about the individual characters and the character's story arc along the way the story arc tends to be i got shot in the head where's my son or something yeah. like that so like there's not really a lot of basis to there's obviously the themes in terms of the way everything looks what do you call it aesthetic but in terms of actual story and a, a thing to drive the show there's not like a ton of no stuff it, that we're all we're all gonna because we all prefer different fallouts or you know what i mean so there's not really going to be one thing that kind of draws the narrative together to make sense it's just gonna be like oh cool bum goes off it's a 60s aesthetic uh he's wearing a blue suit what happens now yeah i think it's going to be a lot of work 
on on the writer's behalf for Fallout because they've got the they've very much got the world and the setting, but I think you're right in that the games yeah. haven't really provided much of a solid story. What I'd be interested to see is like yeah how they will do that. Also, it, what I think would be quite cool as an idea, obviously I'm no idea what's going to happen, is if each episode like followed a different vault and like towards the end the people from the different vaults start coming together and meeting so it's like each episode follows a different character from a different vault because obviously there's so many vaults in the world of fallout something like that might be cool but yeah i think that one is going to be very difficult to be to make good just because they are going to have to make come up with something very original for for that to be a kind of well done uh show but i think kind of the thing to take away from those examples and from from uh the witcher and also we'll we'll throw into the ring the castlevania uh cartoon on netflix <sighs> which is absolutely superb if any, everyone hasn't seen that yet yeah please go and watch it um just like so well done incredible action incredible acting and writing all of it brilliant yeah um the the thing that seems to be a common thread is that the series and the the shows seem to have a bit of a better success yeah. rate than the film or movie adaptations and maybe that's just because the longer form and the the not having to cram trying to cram like an entire video game into a film because if you think about it a, a film is two hours a video game can be anywhere up to like 40 hours trying to cram all of that yeah. like action and plot and exposition into a film often has disastrous results and the fact that they were like in the witcher they really were able to take their time with the storytelling and have those moments of Geralt riding along on his horse talking to dandelion was he was he called dandelion in the show uh he's called yaskir in the book so they went with yaskir that was it and yeah. they were had had him like talking to him and like just all those moments of fun comedy where not a lot is happening but it's just a good script and a good bit of chat. Those are the kind of things that you really get away with in a in a TV show and it like allows you to kind of like sit in that yeah. world and enjoy it. And I think that's what a lot yeah, it of allows th- everything to breathe. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think that's what Castlevania did. That's what The Witcher does. And we'll we'll obviously yeah. see uh, what happens with these new ones that are in production. Another recent one that apparently. A lot of people had a lot of love for was the Sonic film. Obviously, it had a huge <laughs> amount of controversy oh, because of the uh, the whole look of him, and then they then they went away and remade him because the fans were upset. Yeah. Um, but apparently, people love that film, and it made a whole lot of money. So I haven't seen it yet. I think I think that love is is primarily goodwill for two reasons. One, they did go back and redesign Sonic because he looked genuinely horrific, terrifying. Um, yeah, really terrifying. And also because because it wasn't terrible. I don't think it's because the film is really good and people yeah, actually loved yeah, yeah. it. I think it just wasn't awful. Yes. Um, I'm going to go quote my friend uh, Charlie again, Charlie yeah. Neville. Uh, when he, he went to the cinemas to see it, he just said that like you could remove Sonic with any character <laughs> and it would have worked. Yeah. He just said it just didn't... F- necessarily feel like a sonic film that could have been any zany sort of animal character and it yeah. didn't matter um that's that's how he felt about it and yeah. i could sort of see that looking back at the trailers i could see oh yeah he could just be talking to like a uh, a, a bright red ferret and it wouldn't matter necessarily but I, I suppose the difficult thing with that is like <laughs> sonic 
as a game isn't like a narrative thing, is it? It's like a platforming game where the character doesn't talk. So I suppose yeah. what they're doing is banking on the success of him as like a cool looking character that people have nostalgia about. And then as using yeah. that as a basis, they, they, they make a, a plot out of it. Um, but I totally understand what Charlie's saying there in that they, they're, sell, they're selling the film on the image. And it, you know, it seem, seems to have worked. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess the questions to to kind of come out of this is like is it is it something that people should be doing? Is the video game versions that exist of these franchises already the best possible way to tell these stories and interact with these characters because you are physically interacting with them? Do we need obviously the whole financial thing that's why these things are happening in the first place, but do we need video game movies and video game TV shows? Well, I think the reason it happens is, uh, I mean, there's still, it's getting better, but there's a lot of, disdain's a bit heavy, but like looking through your noses, if you're a film a film buff or in the film industry, video games just to be something, it's kind of just something that kids make for kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than yeah. a legitimate art form. that That is changing somewhat, uh, especially with all these amazing, almost film-like adventures like uh, The Witcher again and, the last of us and these these smash hits but really they 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 look over the fence at video games and see something that's making tons of money because it's popular and they go oh money and that's it's the wrong driving force they don't look at it and go oh you know what this could be this could be televised or turned into a film you know this is a great story we should tell it in a different way they're just going that's popular sonic's popular let's make a film yeah uh, so well, it's, I guess it's, it's kind of just like, coming from the wrong mindset. Yeah, it's like like the Angry Birds movie and stuff like that. It's like this is the biggest, oh, this God, is the yeah. gig- biggest mobile app. Everybody's got it. Everybody knows these characters. Let's cash in on it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, whereas yeah. the right way of doing it is saying, oh, look at the look at this world. Look at the characters in this world. There are so many stories and possible stories that could be told within this world, like the Witcher universe. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think I agree with you there. Just but like. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I mean, again, using The Witcher as an example, it's a, it's just a great example of of someone like Henry going, "Oh, these books are great. I loved the game. You know what? There's something we could do do with this." And go stepping from that that perspective. And it's the same with like, uh, it's not really a video game example, but um, oh, his name's just gone out of my head. Deadpool. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Um, you know, not. I don't know if like Deadpool films were in the works or if anybody was trying to get into big screen, but like he was a huge fan, loved the comics, loved yeah. the character, and just like pushed and pushed and pushed. So did it from a love of the character. Yes. And you know the the world and the ideas and everything, and did it that way around. Yeah. It, it works both ways as well. We had uh, we've had a lot of games based off movies that are also just pants yes. because. They're making a big film that's popular and they're like, oh, we should do a video game tie-in. There, there are examples of that really working. Spider-Man 2, one of my favourite games, mm-hmm. Teenage Dream. That, that's a good example of just an amazing game. Uh, there are also the Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers and Lord of the Rings. Uh, oh, they were great. Return, Return of the, the King. King. Yeah, they were so On PlayStation good. 2 and yeah. GameCube. Yeah, they were, I think they were on everything. I had them on GameCube. But they were, but like stuff like that, they were great. I'm sure there were just loads of horrible other like tie-in games. Well, there were so many that, that were just yeah. made for the sake of it. When it's just for financial gain and because something is popular, it just doesn't really work out. Nah. Which really begs the question: when you've got weird ones, no one expects, like Warcraft, like Prince of Persia. 
you know who who was asking for those no <laughs> but they just weren't they just weren't great and like assassin's creed that had um, what's his name michael fassbender in it they're just like oh yeah why are you choosing games that like notably have a silent protagonist like why why is someone going <laughs> to yeah. go along and watch it and be like yes I, 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 I love this character. I want to come around. One that is being made that has just started, finally started production is the Uncharted movie. And that does have a, and it's yeah. going to be um, Tom Holland, who is the new Spider-Man, um, is playing like a young version of Nathan Drake. Like that, I can imagine working oh. because he is a very likable and funny character. Like there is going to be good dialogue in that film. So, well, if it's if it's done right... So like I can understand why they're making a film of that because it's like oh it's like an, an origin story for him it should have funny dialogue it could have amazing set pieces so yeah we'll 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 see how that one turns out um, I just wanted to sign a, I thought I found this argument quite interesting that's been sent in we'll get some proper listener feedback in a, in, a, in a little bit but uh, an interesting sort of flip side to this argument was sent in by Josh Micklewright, uh, and he messaged in. With a really interesting article that weirdly was on the Lad Bible website, not normally where you go for for cutting edge video games journalism. Um, but this, um, uh, it's an article by Stacey Henley, who's basically talking about how video games and these big narrative story games trying to become more like movies in her opinion, is a bad thing. So like you were saying before, stuff like The Last of Us, she specifically talks about The Last of Us 2 and how it's being compared to mm. big epic films, saying that the the fact that being a film is being a film is considered the highest praise uh, is a problem that can stifle game direction that seeks to try something different. So basically saying that like having the the aspiration of a video game trying to be filmic and like a big movie isn't actually a good thing to aim for. And that she she sort of argues that games should seek to make advances in, in technical strides in video game things like gameplay, graphics, controls, as opposed to striving to have film-like narrative and, and that as like the main goal. Leave that to the films and video games should have their own thing as opposed to aiming what the film industry does. What do you kind of think about that? That's difficult because I think there's kind of room for everything in, in this the it's the wonderful medium that is video games. It's, in my opinion, there's room for different experiences, whether they be narrative or, or just these indie titles that you know take three hours to yeah. you know plod through and have a nice time, whatever it is. I agree that they shouldn't try to be films, by which I mean that's kind of belittling uh, the, the you know the video game yes. medium yeah. itself. But ultimately, you know, directors. Uh, video game directors that is should be able to you know have a vision and and try and fulfill that best best they they can i think if we just like focused on technical advances consistently you just end up with really dull fps games like crisis yeah. oh my God. where it's just like look at the graphics yeah. uh, uh, look, look at the technical advances look at the, you, you can't even run this <laughs> and like that's like yeah but i want to have i want to yes. have fun mate i think um, I played The Last of Us one, so I can't comment on part two. But the, the the amazing thing about that is they really did, and this it's Naughty Dog as well with Uncharted. The gameplay really marries to the story, yeah. and they just they, that is something that they're really really good at. Yeah, I think I think there is there is an issue when the gameplay isn't fun, 
And I think her her argument is that yes. she so she, her like com- final comments were I want to watch I want to watch the Last of Us the TV show, but I wanted to play the Last of Us the game. And she says, even after 30 hours in the sequel, I'm not sure I have. So maybe saying that she didn't really feel like she was playing a game. She felt like she was just watching a piece of narrative thing. But I mean, that's obviously her opinion. I think as long as you're enjoying playing it, I think a game with a really, really strong narrative that makes you feel something and totally you're totally absorbed in the plot, I think that's a really good thing. And I think in a lot, yeah. if a video game is like a film in that sense, that it has an incredible plot, characters acting they can be better than films as a, as a as a piece of media not that they necessarily should be directly compared like you said but the fact that you can interact with it and yeah. you have a bearing on this storyline is something that i think is what makes video games so incredible as a medium um that they can sort of exist exist yeah. in in their own space but i think it is important that you should be enjoying the thing you are playing if you're sat there and just like i'm literally having a bad time doing this then that's where the game the game is at fault and yeah maybe it should be just a film i don't know i i have to be honest it just sounds like stacy doesn't like the last of us yeah if i'm being honest yeah so maybe she liked the characters but like doesn't didn't enjoy the game but doesn't want to admit that which is fine so she just she would prefer just to watch those characters but the thing is is they're not going to do you know, a 3D rendered version of that film with Ashley Johnson as Ellie and all that sort of thing. Like, they're not going to do that. Yeah. So it's going to be a different experience once that show comes out. Like, it's not going to be what she wants anyway. So yeah. I think she's just going to be upset whether she's playing the game or watching it, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any pleas in this. Stacey, who even are you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please but, go um, and check out our article, though, if you, uh, if you do, if her comments do resonate with you. It's on Lad Bible. I, I think it also... Can- no, but she, but she does have a point. I know what she's, I know what she's saying, but I would... I would speculate that she just doesn't really like it. Yeah, really exactly. Like it. And that's some, for some people, that sort of game isn't for them. And it's like we were saying the other on, on a previous episode uh, that Lawal was asking about, about different, different sort of forms of game, like the short little bursts of games that you might dig into that is just really, really fun and yeah. doing loads of really fun stuff. Like, I guess games don't always have to be putting a smile on your face, fun, I'm having the best time. Sometimes you don't always want that kind of experience. Yeah, and, you know, in terms of, like, heavily narrative games, you know, the Quantic Dream games, uh, Heavy Rain and Detroit Becoming Human are just not going to be for everybody. They practically are films, but they but they unabashedly just... Those games are what they are. Yeah. So you know what you're getting yourself into. And I was happy when I started playing Becoming Human a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, you know what? I'm quite looking forward to just kind of sitting back and just playing these Q2Es and, you know, making decisions. It was just a different experience. So I wasn't thinking, this gameplay is a bit rubbish. When do I get to shoot someone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, or whatever. And and games like The the Last of Us, um, sorry, uh, The Wolf Among Us. Yes, and, um, yeah. But The Walking Dead and all those sort of things, like they're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Again, they're not like heavily gameplay driven. They're very much narrative driven. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, The Last of Us and Uncharted, those are like a real mixture of the two. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if you don't like the gameplay, you don't like the gameplay, yeah. I guess. I, th- I think you're right. It's just probably not her cup of tea for a lot of people. It is their cup of tea. That's why those games exist. Like you're saying, like the D- Detroit Become Human. Like the one I mentioned at the start of the episode, The Man of Medan that I played. It's literally, you're walking around. Yeah. It's a quick time event. I'm making story-based decisions. Some people like those games. Some people don't. There is a market for everything out there. Um, but thanks, Josh, mm. for sending in that article. Uh, very interesting. 
But just to just to kind of finish off on this topic, we had some lovely comments on Twitter, which is that lovely uh, the it's the little white bird on a blue background. If anyone is isn't familiar with the app, it's available on all devices. They sent in some comments <laughs> via that. First first of which from uh our good pal Lowal. Um do you want to read out what he said, Mark? Sure. He says this Depends. oh so yeah sorry this was res- in response <laughs> to my question um oh, I see it was in response to my question is it a good idea or a bad idea to have adaptations of video games uh, he says depends some things translate well compelling storytelling world building atmosphere and if protected in the right hands i.e. a lover of the source material can yield some results scott pilgrim tomb raider hitman street fighter animated movie but other things don't really translate gameplay emergent story so whilst they might be the most compelling parts of a game they have to be handled with care to make sense in the context of the tv or film show when they care about the game slash franchise it shows the longer form tv series forms what's that supposed to say <laughs> format i'm guessing what's that word i'm guessing it's format <laughs> oh, right, but yeah. i really need to create the word forms <laughs> we need to find meaning yeah, for forms uh, the longer form TV series format seems to produce better results, IMO, in my opinion. Thanks. Gamers are already invested, but the mainstream need to be warmed up. I mean, that he's I, I hadn't actually read this, and I, I think we've basically said the same yeah, thing. Yeah, he's, he's echoed what we said pretty exactly, really, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's exactly what I was saying earlier. It's just about it being in the right hands and not just for money. It's love of the world and the story and really developing it. Um, and making it work in a different format. And again, he he, he says that from, from what he's noticed, TV shows, the longer format, just seems to work better. And I think we're in agreement there as well. Yeah, so, a big time. Yep, I, yeah. think, I think you're right. Only thing I'd uh, query there, Lawal, is saying that Scott Pilgrim was based on a video game. I believe it was based on a comic, a graphic novel first, and then they made a video game simultaneously when the film came out. But... Scott Pilgrim is C- correct. A, Scott Pilgrim is a very very good film that I like a lot. So thanks for mentioning yeah. it. It was, it was annoyingly I looked for it on Netflix the other day, but it's been taken off Netflix. Um, oh, it. I watched it just before it went off. Oh, so you I'm did lucky. really well. You did really well. Yeah, I've smashed that. Great film. Um, <laughs> and next up, good friend of ours, Mister Jack Bennett, um, got uh, also chimed in on the Twitter chat. Um, sparkling sparkling that's a little in joke uh, for, for Jack there um, he said I'm really up for television series adaptations if done right like The Witcher although it has the bonus of the books too for additional content I feel like maybe we did read these subconsciously because it seems like they're just saying sorry I've stopped <laughs> quoting now um, seems like they're just echoing everything we said this is mad um, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't read no, them no no I, I didn't either I, well, I, I copy and pasted them in but I didn't even read them anyway However, longer format for me personally just doesn't work. A lot of the stories from video, uh, oh yeah, um, a lot of the stories from video games I simply think can't be told in a one-hour, thirty-minute to three-hour length movie, and needs the time of a TV series to be able to de- to, to develop. Oh, I see. No, he does. He does agree with us, and to develop and blossom. And if you're a casual movie goer and you see a rubbish film based on a video game, you'd probably be quite bothered. 
meaning not bothered. But being able to see development over multiple episodes and seasons would be a lot more enjoyable and immersive. And he's ended with a lovely little smiley face. Thank you for that, Jack. Um, Yeah, again, he seems to agree entirely with both us and Lawal, um, which which is very nice. So we all kind of think, seems to be working nicely with a a TV or a long, a serial-based format, uh, and the films are struggling a little bit more. But we will have to see how things like the Uncharted movie gets on, won't we? We've also done a little poll on Twitter. I did do a poll, uh, so, yeah. So the question, the question was, video game TV or movie adaptations, good or bad idea? And we had an amazing eight votes Whoa. on that Twitter <laughs> poll. Thank you very much. Were good idea, 62.5%. Bad idea, 37.5%. Okay. So an interesting In, Yeah. It, one, closer than I thought. And two, good. I didn't expect good idea to come out on top. I think if we hadn't had the the rampant success that was Witcher and yeah. uh, Castlevania, we yeah. probably would have seen a swing in the other direction, I think. I think Witcher is responsible probably for a lot of goodwill towards, yeah. towards that particular and, question. And, you know, having said everything we, we've said, it's been one of those things that, like, since I, I've been a video gamer, which is all my life, like... It's always been something that I've wanted. I've always wanted video game adaptations and I've always wanted to see characters that I love back up on the big screen. It's just that they've always been yeah. bad. But I've always had this weird craving that like, oh, I would lo- love to see like Link from Zelda up on the big screen. But it's like, well, actually, can- oh, if, you, if, you th- if you think about it, that would be terrible because he doesn't talk. Um, so it's, it's one of those weird things yeah. that I get why people say, yes, it's a good idea because... You want your, you want that kind of, I don't know what the word, the nostalgic itch, and you want everything to appeal to those sort of fanboy sentiment. That's all, folks. Same. I'm giving up. Yeah, I get why people want them, but it's just whether or not it's a good idea. But like you said, with The Witcher, there's been, there's hope out there. Hey. Hey everyone, that has been episode 10 of Pushing Buttons. What do you think of video game adaptations? Are there any out there that you really love that most people hate? Let us know uh, in the emails. That is pushingbuttonspod at gmail.com. Please do get in touch. Let us know what your faves are and what your worsties are. And follow us on social media. The Twitter is at PB Podcast UK and our Instagram is at Pushing Buttons Pod. Thank you for listening as always, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. I think that's it, isn't it? It's just the three at the moment. Oh, no, we've got, there's, there's, there's Stitcher, there's Deezer. They're getting up there's on more. Am- yeah, there's more. Are we on those? Yeah, we're, we're definitely on some. It's it's weird, though. You have to, like, apply and then they get back to you being like, oh, we've got your podcast ready, but not not quite. And you have to jump through loads of hoops. <laughs> so we'll see. But if you just if you, if you look hard enough, you'll find us. Uh, that, and that's really easy, isn't it? We, we love putting a podcast out there that you have to trawl through loads of stuff to find. Think of it as a fun game. If you enjoyed this podcast, our challenge to you is to tell five people you know about it. And if you get, if you do tell five people you know about it, text or no, you haven't got my number. Uh, t- tweet us, tweet <laughs> us saying I've told five people about it. And the first person to do that uh, 
will be the MVP in the next episode. Yeah, and we'll we'll write a a, a, a very short jingle to represent the MVP. Uh, that will be some sort of rhyme on your name. I, I will do that. I yes, de- definitely. This is all going to happen now. We've just decided that. Whoever can tell five people yeah. out of the podcast, you are our MVP for next episode and we'll write a jingle for you. Sounds fun, right? Yeah. I was nodding and I realised that people can't hear or see <laughs> nodding. For <laughs> God's sake, do an, do an audible <laughs> nod next time, would you, you fool? Right. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, valley of plenty. Oh, valley of plenty. Oh. Toss a coin to your witcher. Oh, valley of plenty. At the edge of the world, fight the mighty horn. That bashes and breaks you and brings you to more. He thrust every elf far back on the shelf, high up on the mountain, from whence he came.